Hey everybody, this is Delaney and welcome to the Be The Brave One podcast, the official podcast of Brave Girls Gather. We are continuing on in our series called Becoming You. So this week, we wanted to take a break from our regular interview format to have a conversation directly with you. So Mandy is going to walk us through the first five verses of Isaiah 44 and give you some questions to consider along the way. So you might want to grab your Bibles and open up to Isaiah 44 so you can follow along. Or if you're driving in the car or on the treadmill, just listen in. Either way, we hope this meets you where you are and that you leave this conversation encouraged to walk more closely with Jesus when it comes to who you are becoming. Hey guys, how are you doing? Listen, I wanted to take a break away from the regular scheduled interview style format that we normally have here on the podcast and take some time to just talk with you and go to the word and see what God has to say when it comes to who we are becoming. Because God's word is what we need when it comes to our purpose, when it comes to who he's created us to be, when it comes to life, period, we need the word of God. It is our user manual for life. It gives us truth. It gives us guidance. It tells us who we are. And that's why I want to ensure that we're just taking a pause sometimes and we're going, hey, let's stop. Let's see what God has to say. But I want to encourage you to not just get your word here. We need the word of God every single day. And you know, for me, it's been a journey of times where I've needed accountability. And that accountability has looked like doing some type of Bible study with a group or asking a friend to hold me accountable. So I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what your Bible reading currently looks like. I mean, maybe you're that person who gets up every single day and goes to their Bible. And if you do, I want to applaud you. I bet your life, although not perfect, has some stability in it. And you know, that is what the word gives us. It's unchanging. It's the same yesterday today and tomorrow, and it's always applicable. There is something in the word of God for us every single day and in every situation that we are in. And that's crazy because this book was written 2000 years ago, and yet the words in it are alive and working and here for us right now, if we will just take the time to go there. And so today I want to pull up the conversation guide that we just released through Brave Girls Gather and walk through that together. I'm going to give this away to you today, and then I want to encourage you to leave here and go give it away to somebody else. So right now, I'm going to turn to my Bible, and it's already open to the book of Isaiah chapter 44. And the conversation guide that we're using here is going to walk us through the first five verses of Isaiah 44. And now listen, we don't have to read a whole chapter or a whole book every time we read our Bible. We can literally get so much out of a verse or a few verses. And that's what I found here in Isaiah 44 and why I want to share it with you because it says so much. And a lot of times all we need to do is we just need to slow down when we're reading our Bibles. We need to pause and we can ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us what the word of God says. And so we can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, show me what's being said here. Help me to see what you want me to see. Help me to see what I need today. So before we jump into these first five verses, I want to give you a little context. This book is written by the prophet Isaiah, 
And the first 39 chapters of this book is all about judgment and repentance and turning back to God. Because the Israelites, kind of like us today, they had some godliness in them. But at the end of the day, there was still a corruptness in their heart. And Isaiah was calling them to recognize it and turn back to God. In the next 27 chapters, starting in chapter 40, Isaiah is prophesying of the Messiah to come. So it's full of hope. And I think that that's something that we need right now. We need to fix our eyes on what's before us. And that's what Isaiah was doing. He was fixing his eyes because this is written in the Old Testament. He is fixing his eyes on what's ahead. He's fixing his eyes on the Messiah that is to come. And so when we look at, you know, we can take the book of Isaiah. We can look back and we go, you know what? I've got some corruptness in my heart. I have got some places where I need to turn to God. But you know what? Jesus has come. He's already come. And so we get to look back knowing what Jesus has done for us and knowing what's ahead for us in the end. So with that context, let's read the first five verses of Isaiah 44. But now listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one, the Lord who made you and helps you says, do not be afraid. O Jacob, my servant, O dear Israel, my chosen one, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. So what do these verses have to do with who we are becoming? Because that's the series that we're in right now. Who is Jesus and who does that make us? And how does knowing Jesus help us better understand ourselves? Well, what we have here is five verses that give us six reasons why it's essential to turn to God when it comes to who we are becoming. We're going to walk through those now. The first one is he chose us. If we look at those first two verses in Isaiah 44, it says, Israel, my chosen one. And then in verse two, again, it says, oh, dear Israel, my chosen one. Two times it says, my chosen one. And you may be going, well, I'm my my name's not Israel and my name's not Jacob. So I'm not sure if that's for me. Well, let me tell you, it is for you. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9, God's people are called a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So we are also his chosen ones. You are chosen. You know, I think about culture today. I think about so many things that we have in front of us that give us feedback on who we are, especially in including social media. And all of us have fallen prey to the comparison trap that exists there. And you know what? If that's not you, that's cool. That's cool. If you're just like that special version of a person who doesn't allow those things to get to you, I just want to applaud you. And I want to just say that you know who you are in Jesus and you keep on being you. But I am talking to those of you out there who have fallen into that trap, that comparison trap where we're looking at others and we're looking at how much approval 
it seems like they're getting compared to how much approval it seems like we're not getting. I think that what this reveals to us is that there is something on the inside of us that wants to be liked and that wants to be chosen, right? I can even think back to when we were in elementary school, right? And there is that time where there are going to pick teams for some type of event that's going to happen, some type of sporting event that we're going to do. And even though we might be an unathletic, uncoordinated female, we don't want to be picked last, right? We want to be picked. We're like, pick me, pick me. And maybe like me, you're super competitive. You know, I did one of those tests one time where it tells you what your strengths are. I think there's, it's called strengths finder or something like that. And I learned that one of my strengths is my competitiveness. And that can be a wonderful thing. And then It can also be this debilitating thing, right? Because I can lose sight of what I am competing for. And this is why it's so important for us to know who God says we are. You know, others can give us feedback. It's it's fine. We want people to speak into our life. We want people to let us know what, what they see our strengths as. And we also want those we trust to be able to speak into us where they see our opportunities. But ultimately, let's determine that the decider of our likability and our capability needs to rest in the hands of God because he chose us. And when you choose someone for something, it's because you know what they are capable of accomplishing. You see their value, their worth, and their ability. And guess what? He chose you. I want you to consider this. In what ways? Have you allowed the opinions of others to impact you negatively? And how can knowing that God calls you chosen, how can you turn to him in this area to help you? What does it look like to finally surrender this over to God? Number two, the second reason why it's essential that we turn to God when it comes to who we are becoming. He made you. In Isaiah 44, 2, it says, the Lord who made you. You know what? When you make something, you know everything about it. So my husband, he's a bit of a handyman, but let me tell you something. After he's put something together, like for example, he made our back deck. He can tell you everything that is great about that deck. He can tell you the materials that he used to make that deck. And he can also tell you where the weaknesses and the opportunities are. And so God made us. And if you've ever made anything, you know how intimately you know that thing. And so when we try to go about our lives living and being the people that God has called us to be, we need the one who made us to show us how he made us and what he made us for. And so I want you to consider what things might you currently be doing that God didn't make you to do, that he didn't ask you to do. Look around your life. Or maybe, you know what? You're like, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. But I need to turn to God in this area and ensure that I am allowing him to guide me in my next steps. Okay, the third reason it's essential for us to turn to God when it comes to who we are. He helps you. Also in Isaiah 44, 2, it says, The Lord who made you and helps you says, Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant. God helps us. When we try to do things apart from God's help, we are limited in our abilities. Our own strength 
has human limitations. God is an endless supply of everything that we need. He sees the full landscape of our lives. He knows the resources that are available to us that might be right within our reach and we're just not even aware and we just need eyes to see. And when we turn to him, he gives us the eyes to see what he's provided for us. With him, we step into a supernatural ability to get things done. He not only points us to our purpose, but he gives us what we need to accomplish it. He is where our help comes from. You know, have you ever tried to do something challenging? And then it was like, you just couldn't do it. You know, I can think of crafty things that I've tried to accomplish when we're making takeaways for Brave Girls Gather. Once I learn how to do it, then I can help someone else do it. And that's why we encourage you if you're hosting a Brave Girls Gather and you're going to use the takeaway piece that you try it first, that you learn how to do it so that you can turn around and teach others how to do it. Having the help of someone who is experienced can make all the difference when it comes to doing what you're trying to do. So God is our help. He is our experienced help. He is the most experienced help that we could possibly ask for. So we want to turn to him. We want to trust him. He is an un limited amount of resources, power, and knowledge, and we need that. He makes us able-bodied beings capable of doing impossible things. So I want you to consider, when you think about who you are becoming, where are you in need of God's help right now? You know, maybe there's a place where you know you need him. I mean, it's hard. Maybe there's something in your life and you're like, I just can't, God. You know, maybe it's being a parent. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a really difficult situation at your job. And you know that he's called you there. You prayed about it. And you're there and it's so hard. And you need his help. But just take a moment and ask him. Let him know. Just let him know. God, you are where my help comes from. And I need you. I need you right now. Okay, number four. He satisfies you. In Isaiah 44, 3, it says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. You know, in our humanness, we crave satisfaction. And when we search for earthly things to fulfill our cravings, it leads us off course. The temporary satisfaction is never worth it. Very often, it's just a distraction that leaves us empty and wanting more. And this verse that I just read is not referring to a literal desire for drink. It goes deeper than that. It fulfills a spiritual longing. And so when we take our cravings and we turn to God with our cravings, he gives us an eternal satisfaction. And when it comes to our purpose, this is vital for us to stay on course because the enemy will use our human cravings to distract us off of our heavenly assignments. He does not want us to fulfill the purposes that God has for us because that's dangerous for the enemy. And so he will come into our weak places and he will whisper lies over us to distract us off course from where God is taking us. So we have to be aware of our human cravings and we have to be aware of the way that God satisfies those cravings. And I love what it says here that he will irrigate our parched fields because you know what? This life leaves us feeling like we are in a drought sometimes. 
We feel like we have nothing left. And I can just picture a desert land and it's so dry and the earth is cracking and we need something to come in and fill in those spaces. And sometimes we just want to numb out with whatever the world wants to give us in that moment, but it doesn't last and it's not worth it. But God comes in and he irrigates the parched fields. It is like a spring welling up and saturating the ground if we will allow him to. I want to ask you, where is your life leaving you thirsty for more? What area of your life feels like a drought in need of God's irrigation? Take a moment and let him know. You need him to water your fields. Number five, he makes it about more than just you. In Isaiah 44, three and four, it says, I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Our purpose in living it out is for more than just us. It is for those who will come after us. And those could be actual biological children, or those could be children who have been birthed out of our spiritual family. And so when we live out our purpose, it is not just about what that's going to do for us personally. It is also about who it is going to impact for eternity. God wants us to experience his goodness in and through the unique way that he made us. But it is not just for us. There is more at stake here than simply our own lives. The benefits of our decision to become who he made us to be extends even further than the present into the lives of those who will come after us. You know, think about people who have impacted your life. Maybe you are thinking now of some positive ways that others have impacted your life. And maybe you're thinking of some negative impacts. You know, we are not the only ones affected by our choices. Our lives serve a purpose beyond ourselves. Our choices impact the lives of those around us. Our purpose-filled lives are also going to leave a mark, a mark of blessing upon the next generation. When we remain determined to live the lives that God has called us to live, like it says here in Isaiah 44, verses 3 and 4, it says they will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. When we pour out our lives for Jesus, we water future generations. So I want you to consider when you are at your best, who else in and around your life benefits? I just want you to take a minute, get outside of yourself. This is not just about us, you guys. And I think that, and I fear that in America, this is something that we forget. We think that this life is about me. And what this life is going to do for me. And God says, no, I made you so that you might impact those around you. We have to get outside of ourselves. We have to see others. And we have to see how when I live my life on purpose, it impacts the lives of those that God has connected me with. Number six, he's worth it. Isaiah 44 verse five says, some will proudly claim. I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. And some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. Becoming who God made us to be is the most satisfying life that we can choose. 
It won't always be easy. It won't always look how we thought. And at times it will require sacrifice, but it's worth it. It's the life we were meant to live. Verse five here in Isaiah 44 speaks of a joy that comes from choosing to be the people that God designed us to be. You know, we can't become those people without continually going to God. When we turn to him, he guides us and he transforms us. And we see it here again in verse five that God's people are once again referred to by the names Jacob and Israel. You see, the Israelite people in the Old Testament came up out of the 12 sons of a man named Jacob. But here's the thing about Jacob. When Jacob was on the road to who he was becoming, he wrestled with God. And afterward, God changed his name to Israel. This wrestling that Jacob had with God represents a transformational process. Like Jacob, sometimes we may find ourselves wrestling with God over who we are becoming. But if we will hold on to the end, he will be faithful to transform us into the person that he intended us to be. So my final question for you is where might you be wrestling with God? What would surrender to his will look like right now for you? Because that's all he wants is our surrender. Because in that surrender, we let go of what we think is right for what God knows is best. Wow, that was so, so good. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with someone. They may want to hear this word as well. So in this episode, Mandy referenced a conversation guide that you can access on the Brave Girls Gather website as well. We've included a link to it in the show notes for you. You can print up this conversation guide, walk through it again on your own, share it with others, or use it in a small group. So go check it out, and we hope you will join us back here next week for the next episode in the Becoming You series.